Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is a ministry, it's events, and it's a podcast, all focused on building community and fellowship around Jesus and great Jiu-Jitsu. We were birthed from a Walking in Truth event called Pursuit. Four of us left one of these men's pursuits and the Lord all gave us the same download to create Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu. We've started by doing local events in North Texas. We're slowly but surely expanding those events to other markets across the country where we bring in professors and instructors. We learn awesome jujitsu techniques. We hear a testimony about the gospel. We give away free Bibles. We offer prayer and then we train hard. On top of this, we have a podcast that has really taken off that we have a lot of fun with. Look us up on all platforms. We love walking in truth and we appreciate the affiliation with them and the covering that they give us. Thank you to all the leaders at Walking in Truth. Everyone at Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is truly appreciative. First Samuel 30, David's victory over the Amalekites. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Please bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. So David went, he and the six hundred men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those left behind remained. But David pursued, he and four hundred men, for two hundred who were too exhausted to cross the brook, but so remained behind. 
Now they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he ate, and they provided him water to drink. They gave him a piece of fig cake and two clusters of raisins, and he ate. Then his spirit revived, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, the servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind when I fell sick three days ago. We made a raid on the Negev and the Cherethites, and on that which belongs to Judah, and on the Negev of Caleb, and were burned. we burned Ziklag with fire. Then David said to him, Will you bring me down to this band? And he, he said, Swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring you down to this band. When he had brought him down, behold, they were spread over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. David slaughtered them from the twilight until the evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives, but nothing of theirs was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken for themselves. David brought it all back. So David had captured all the sheep and the cattle, which the people drove ahead of the other livestock, and they said, this is David's spoil. The spoils are divided. When David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow David, who had also been left at the brook Besor, and they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with them. Then David approached the people and greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men among those who went with David said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then David said, You must not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us who has kept us and delivered into our hand the band that came against us, and who will listen to you in this matter. For as his share is who goes down to battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. So it has been from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah to his friends, saying, Behold, a gift for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord to those who are in Bethel, and to those who are in Ramoth of the Negev, and to those who are in Jatir, and to those who are in Arior, and to those who are in Sipmoth, and for those who are in Eshtemoa, and to those who are in Rechal, and to those who are in the cities of the, the Jeremelites, and to those who are in the cities of the Kenites, and to those who are Hormah, and for those who are in Borashan, and to those who are in Athak, and to those who are in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to go. In this scripture, you can see that David, first of all, the example that he gives us is pretty clear. Uh, before he does anything, <clears throat> he's, he's got, they've been attacked, his wives are gone, and the natural response is, I'm going in. I'm going to chase him down. But before, again, he does anything, he asks the Lord, what shall I do? But he comes with suggestions. He's, it's not like he doesn't have an idea. He just says, should I go after them? And if I do, will I overtake them? Should I? Is it your will that I do this in my life? And that's a great example. 
even whenever we want to respond and react to certain things, we need to always just ask the Lord, what would be your response that you would have me do? And in this case, it was to go back and take back what was yours. Um, that won't always be the case. Sometimes it's just to sit and hold. You may be just, just be still and know that I'm the Lord. And then that's what the Lord has asked you to do. That then should be the decision moving forward. <clears throat> the hard part for us is whenever we think that we know what we should do and we ask God and he gives us a different answer, we, we don't settle in that. It's almost like we start to think, well, pff, I would have done this, but God said. And, and so we think that our way is better still. No matter how much it makes sense or doesn't make sense, when God gives us direction, that's the way we're supposed to go. Agree with it and then move on. Uh, it's just like whenever we have for business or a board meet or anything like that, we come together, we, we have discussion, we may have differing opinions in the room. But when we make a decision... That decision, although may have been a split vote, once the decision has been made, we all come together and move in the same direction. We do not leave the boardroom and start talking about, well, this is what we're doing, but it's not what I would have done, because that creates division. Whatever God told Samuel is what he was going to do, period. And we need to do the same thing in our lives. Now, the other thing that's key here is the whole point of the, it said the wicked men, the wicked men, and the specific wickedness that I can see is greed. If we went down and fought, it's an entitlement. We did all the work. It's a right that people think they have. We fought the battle. So... If we're the ones who have gone in, fought the battle, did the work and, and all that, and these others didn't, they stayed behind because uh, they were too exhausted from the march up here. We, we don't say, okay, then you don't get anything. Since you didn't come with us, you don't get anything. And a lot of times that's what we do in our lives. Today, there's a huge sense of entitlement, huge. I did the work. I should get all of the spoils. No. Everybody has been given a gift. Everybody's been given talents. And if everybody can work together, we're going to more effectively succeed. But if one person is going to say, I'm the one. I'm... He's, that's idolatry. That's putting yourself before God. But you're making yourself out to be the hero. That no one else could have done it without you. Well, the reality is none of us could have done it without each other. But when one person stands at the front and tries to take all the glory and all the spoils, that's just wicked. It's wicked. We shouldn't do that. We should understand that everybody plays a part. Even in missions, people are sent on missions. But... These spoils should go just as much to the one who went as the one who sent them. Some people just give 
contributions so that people can go and they don't actually go. Some people stay here and they're just prayer warriors. All they do is just pray for them. Well, that's important. That's a big key to the battle. So we can't decide because we did the work or we were in the battle that we should get all of the glory. In fact, the correct posture should be to God goes all the glory. All of it. He's the one who put the team together in the first place. He's the one who gave each individual experiences and circumstances in their life that helped them to grow within the talents that they have so that they could partake in whatever it is that you just did. So God should always get all the glory. And if we focus that way, it's a little easier. It's a little easier to be able to say, here's your portion and here's your portion to those who weren't in the trenches with you. So Father, um, just in these two examples, you've given so much insight to to just the, the, the way that we're supposed to respond and react to circumstances. The fact that it's always you You lead us in. Therefore, we need to ask you first. And you give us the victory. Therefore, we need to uh, be grateful and give you all the glory. Because none of it could be possible without you. So, Father, thank you for the victories. Thank you for the blessings and spoils that you've given to us over those victories. And thank you that you're always just right there whenever we're asking for direction. And although sometimes it doesn't seem like we get an answer right away, we continue to press in because we know that the answer has been sent. But there's a spiritual battle that's trying to keep the answer from us. And Father, I I just pray that you could just clear the paths, clear the way, so that we can hear clearly the, the guidance and direction that you have for us in our lives. And I pray for all this in Jesus' name. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, 
uh, some time around God's word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.